0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special Apex edition of Future Screen, the podcast that flies into the future of out-of-home marketing, travel media, and onboard entertainment. In each episode, we meet the insiders for these colliding industries. I'm Chief Executive at Sparfax, Neil McBain, and host for today's CEO Roundtable. In this episode, you're going to hear from two very special guests as we discuss the new normal across the passenger experience industry, from digitalization to evolving passenger expectations and more. I'm first joined by Dr. Joe Leader, CEO at Apex, the only association dedicated entirely to advancing the airline passenger experience globally and for over four decades. Welcome, Joe.
1: Thank you so much, Neil. I really appreciate it. It's my honor to be here with you today, but I'm quite the secondary guest compared to our star. This year, the one person throughout our industry that has really set a new bar for airlines and advancing quickly after the pandemic has been United Airlines CEO Scott Kirby. He is serving this year as the APEX-IFSA Board of Governors Chairman and Keynote Speaker at APEX Expo. Coming up on November thirtieth. So, Scott, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks,
0: Joe. Good to be here. Great to meet you, Scott. So, Scott, United made some major shifts this year. Uh, what are you most proud of as you blazed a path forward for the new United Airlines? I'm most proud of the culture of leadership and customer
2: service that we have created at United. United has restored our position as a leader in the industry. And we're gonna talk a lot, I'm sure, today about all the customer service enhancements we've made, the hard product, the improvement in the customer service, which is great, but it goes far beyond that. As we've been a leader in safety, the first airline to require masks on airplanes, the only airline to run APUs, not just the only airline to have a full vaccine requirement, but I think the largest, highest profile company Uh, in the country to do that, and to prove that you can do it by getting to 99.7% of our people vaccinated. And so the leadership role that we have taken, not just in global aviation, uh, but amongst global companies, uh, is something that all of us at United are just really proud of.
1: That's really well said, Scott. One of the things that uh, I'm so very proud of, United blazing a path for using vaccination as something to make sure keeping your crew members and passengers safe. And the other thing that was remarkable this year from United Airlines was such a large new aircraft order that was placed. And it really will change uh, the future of United Airlines and our industry. How do you believe that the fleet change will enhance the digitalization of passenger experience moving forward as we look, look beyond the immediate horizon to the longer term?
2: Yeah, there's a bunch that is going to change in the years to come a much better way for passengers. The aircraft order, of course, will be great. 500 airplanes coming in the next five years. But I think more significantly for passengers is probably what the onboard product is going to be. And not only are we taking 500 new airplanes, uh, we're gonna retrofit all of our domestic aircraft to have this new standard where every seat has seat back entertainment in it. Uh, Every seat has a power port. Bluetooth connection to that seat back, entertainment, uh, large enough bend, overhead bends that every customer can bring a roller board on board, Wi Fi that actually works. Um, and it's just going to be a great product. And by creating a great product, that's good for the obvious reasons. But it also creates an environment where our employees are proud of the product. Uh, you know, I've flown on some airlines, and when the employees are apologizing for things that don't work or for you know, a subpar product, you just start behind the eight ball. If employees are proud of the product, it makes it that much easier to deliver great customer service. And we're also focused, you talked about the digital experience, on just making it easier to travel. Uh, we've done all kinds of things. You know, Right now, if you want to book a trip to Europe, it's far easier on you. Know, you can upload your vaccine card, all your information digitally, be approved far in advance, not have the uncertainty, the difficulty of going to the airport, and that's technology we started working on last summer because we knew this was a possibility. Uh, we are doing things to communicate with customers when there's a weather delay or a maintenance delay or anything else, far more than any airline anywhere in the world that I know of. And you know, we never want to have a delay for anything, but they are going to happen in aviation. And the best thing we can do is be open, honest, and transparent with customers. And those are just some of the examples. There's just hundreds of things that are happening at United. You know, from a high from the newspaper, you can see some of the high-profile things that United is doing that are different than everyone else. Uh, but for every one thing that you read about in the newspaper, there's 50 things that you don't read about in the newspaper that are making the customer experience unique and better at United.
0: That sounds an amazing uh, and comprehensive strategy. In, I mean, how much of it was due, do you think, to pressures from the pandemic itself and the, and the kind of changes that were forced on the group? Uh,
2: it, w- it was accelerated you know i i think we made a decade's worth of progress uh and the pandemic made it in a way easier because a crisis either tears a team apart or brings them together um, and there's a lot of companies uh, not just airlines that i think you know you can see it today conflict um within the companies and employees at headquarters protesting what's going on at their companies It brought the team together at United, and it was an environment where you could make changes and have the rope to make changes um, that would have been harder in other times. And then when those changes work, it makes people proud. And, you know, we use that as a culture change. I started at the top by talking about culture change It's probably one of the most important things we've done. Uh, We have changed the culture. We've spent a lot of time in the last few weeks. Talking about how do we make sure we keep that culture intact? Because, in a way, it's easier when you're in a crisis. Um, But maintaining that culture of leadership. um, You know, one of the things I've said to the team just constantly doing new initiatives that nobody else in aviation has done yet. Um, That's the way, that's one of the ways we'll generate pride, um, but also make our customers happier and feel better. Like just making everyone proud of United Airlines. Uh, frankly, is our goal. It was easier in the pandemic in some ways, uh, but we're dedicated and committed to making sure that stays the, the case going forward. Because also a lot more fun coming to work when you're proud.
1: Well, Scott, you've done an incredible job making United really shine uh, under your leadership. And I know you treat your your team members there like an extended family. Jumping to your real-life family, you credited your son as an influencer upon you earlier this year for adding Hundreds of thousands of in-flight entertainment screens to your fleet. What are the lessons do you believe that the upcoming generation will remind us of in the improvement of airline passenger experience?
2: Yeah, uh, my son uh, was partly responsible for it. It's remarkable to watch, you know, a six or seven-year-old, who six who's at the time, you know, get on an airplane. He never watches TV at home; he only uses his device. But for some reason, he gets on an airplane and loves having that screen in front of him. Loves the opportunities. That story was, you know, he played Battleship. You can even watch something. He played Battleship against somebody on the airplane and just had a blast. Um, my wife says it's the best flight she's ever taken with him too, because he didn't drive her crazy the whole time. You know, I I think that the ne- the next generation expects fast, easy, um, intuitive uh, digital services. And you know, I talked earlier about the communicating openly, honestly, and transparently with customers. You know, I read there's some of the things that we've done in the past at United for other airlines um, where, you know, you watch a rolling delay and no one tells you what's going on. You sit there at a gate and the screen says the flight's going to depart at two o'clock and it's 2.15 and then all of a sudden the screen updates to 2.30 and then 2.45 it updates to three o'clock and nobody ever tells you anything and they just feel the temperature going up in the boarding area. Or even you try. You know, we used to send this note to the customers at United. We don't do this note anymore, but a few years ago, that we were trying to get better about it, and we'd say, "Due to operational disruptions, your flight is delayed." Like, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> um, and you know, people just—it's—it's it's not unique to you know the next generation. Uh, I think everyone wants to know what's going on, but their expectations are higher because they have so many more places that they have access to information
0: uh, and see what's going on. And so try to meet those expectations. Can I just jump in with a like a, a Scott Kirby insight, just to ask you like what, what you've observed of yourself in terms of your own consumer behavior through this sort of change? Through? <laughs> um,
2: well, I'm probably not the best insight for consumer behavior because I hardly <laughs> buy anything. <laughs> my wife does most of it. Um, my wife did at one point during the pandemic, uh, um, early in the pandemic, as Amazon was delivering lots lots of stuff and groceries were showing up at the house. She'd been doing stuff for us and looked up at me and said, you know, I'm a really good online shopper. I said, I know you are. <laughs> I see the Amazon deliveries every day. Um, but I'm not much of a shopper, uh, so I don't think I have the best personal insights, um, other than to find great people who do have the insights uh, at United Airlines uh, to figure out what consumers really want. <laughs> The biggest thing to me probably that, you know, from United's perspective of what we're doing, that I'm passionate about. Well, there's a lot I'm passionate about. But on this consumer point, just tell people what's going on. Um, The the way way I say it to our team is, I want you to pretend that I'm on the airplane and I have called the network operations center for a flight when I'm on a flight delay and asked what's happening. What would you tell me? I want you to say the same thing to customers proactively. Just tell them what's going on.
1: It's so, it so wise. I was on a flight a few weeks ago, Scott, because I, I remember I'd come up to United Airlines um, headquarters a few years ago on my flight back to Atlanta. I, was, I sent uh, your head of customer experience a screenshot of the very message you cited, which the, was the most nebulous thing. And I I said, this has to change. You have to give more details. And I was on a flight recently, and they said to me, the, uh, the pilot, uh, the first officer, had a, his wife had an emergency. He was taken by ambulance to the hospital and gave the most detailed explanation that I had ever heard. And instead of chaos at the gate, it was really that heartfelt side to it. What do you think is increasing the heart from United Airlines employees? Because I've seen it more and more as I've traveled on United. It's great to see almost this mindset shift. Yeah. So
2: that goes to the culture change. And the reality is the
1: vast
2: majority of the employees at United are people, people. They care about customer service. They want customers to feel good. They want customers to be proud of the airline. But they've been constrained or felt constrained for years. And, and my job, I wind up saying, is pretty simple. Um, actually, I have one of the easiest jobs of anyone at the airline Uh, because I really only have one responsibility, which is make our employees and our customers proud. And that is really how I think of my job. But when our employees uh, are proud of the product, of the stance that we've taken publicly on sustainability, diversity, vaccine, um, it puts them in a position uh, to really feel and do the right thing for customers. But beyond that, we had to eliminate obstacles. Things like change fees, um, get in the way of doing the right thing for customers, uh, connection saver You know, when you are, when you're a gate agent and you've been forced for 30 years to slam the door in customers' faces, knowing you could get them on that airplane and get them there on time, and then begging you to open the door and you are not allowed to. And then your management team comes and tells you, we want you to do for the right thing for your customers you think my management team is full of, you know what? Because they were, um, and it, it is inconsistent with creating the right customer service culture. Delay code is another example. You know, where and this, you know, United only airline in the world that I know of that's gotten rid of delay codes. You have these just finger pointing episodes where employees, instead of being a team taking care of the customers are, who is gonna get blamed for that one minute delay? you got to also eliminate those obstacles. It just creates a new environment where they're proud and they aren't feeling constrained. And they believe that the company is now actually finally in their career serious about letting them be empowered to do the right thing for the customer. And that's liberating uh, for the vast majority of them. And they feel good. And when they feel good, they deliver.
1: That's really well said. Let me ask a follow up because... You, for 99.7% of your employees, they must be super proud of the leadership role that you took as the first U.S. airline CEO to mandate the vaccines for all of your employees successfully out of care for not having to lose more employees as you did to COVID. You told me the story of how you wrote letters to, um, to, to pilots that you had lost and to others and how much that affected you. What advice would you give to others around the world looking to successfully in the footsteps of United Airlines, doing the right thing by their people,
2: um, be decisive
1: and do the right thing
2: and do it for the right reason. Um, you know, it, it's remarkable to me watching others waffle, be wishy-washy, try to blame the government instead of just owning the decision. Um, look, we've got people in that 99.7 percent that still don't don't like it, um, but because we were open and honest and transparent. Um, and we said why we were doing it. They un- at least understand. They may not agree with the decision, but they at least understand why we were doing it. We did. We just haven't had this conflict and and difficulty that others are having. Um, but we were also uncompromising um, about it. You know, we didn't have debates about whether it was right or wrong. I was empathetic that there are people that disagree, um, and I accept that they disagree. Uh, but our response was always, you know. My responsibility is safety number one, and we take that seriously. United, you all know that, Um, and I think it's the safest thing to do. I'm confident it's going to save lives. I respect that you disagree, but you now have a decision to make. We didn't have a debate about it, Um, and because we were firm about it, um, we got to 99.7 percent. And you know, it's, it's past us now, and you know, it really has become a point of pride with most of our employees, and even those that didn't agree. Because they at least understand, for the most part, the rationale, it, it's not a contentious issue at all at United.
0: Um, Scott, if I may, I want to move the conversation to what the new normal passenger experience is and, and how customer expectations are evolving. And bearing in mind, this podcast will be listened to by people in the passenger experience audience, so to speak. And from the message I'm taking, inferring for what you're saying, is that, you know, yes... Entertainment is really important, but what's changed and what's evolving is the level of communications that's needed between the brand and, and the passenger in that experience. Is that a fair?
2: Yeah, a fair look, all of it is, is going to evolve. Um, and, and I think for the first time, there's other airlines around the world that do this, but certainly for the first time at United, and I think more unique in even North America, creating a brand, having United be a brand that the customers are proud of. Um, and we won't be perfect. Um, you know, we will have maintenance delays. We will certainly have weather delays, and there will be times we don't communicate well. Um, and we know we won't be perfect. But as we continually try to get better and try the things that make people so frustrated, try to make them better and fix them, um, I think we're going to continue to get better. And you look through the pandemic. You know, there's basically only been one large airline here in the United States that at some point hasn't had an operational meltdown. Um, that's because we. Didn't get out over our skis, and we intentionally did it. We said we're not gonna, even though we'd be as excited about demand coming back as anyone, but we're not gonna put the schedule and our customers at risk in the short term um, by, you know, stretching to do more than we are confident we can do effectively. And that that philosophy is just, I mean, it's a different. Thing. Like I watch some of the things happening at some airlines, and I'm not trying to pick on any individual airlines, but I watch some of it happening. It's just like what are you doing? Like you're flying a few extra flights and then the first thing goes wrong and you just cascade into meltdown. And like, how can you do that? Um, and we just have a different philosophy. We, I know we won't be a perfect. I know we will make mistakes, um, but we're genuinely focused on trying to make it, you know, an experience that customers aren't complaining, you know, dreading the airline flight. They can, you know, look forward to it hopefully, uh, but at least have confidence that we're going to be always trying to do the right thing.
1: Scott, so speaking of doing the right thing, the one thing that's very fun about you is, you know, at heart, you are such an aviation routes and network <laughs> enthusiast. It's been fun to watch United's creativity in play in w- the routes that you're opening up for passengers. And uh, just uh, just recently, the announcement that you're going to be doing seven flights a day between Newark and London, it's bordering upon a shuttle at that point. What, yeah. What's the vision is, we, is, are things gonna go that back, back to normal where seven flights today uh, to London, it's gonna be eight soon?
2: Well, I think for United, it is going to be unique uh, for our route network and where we fly around the globe. We've always had the best hubs, for the global network. Uh, and during the pandemic, we were unique in not retiring any of our wide-body aircraft. And basically all of our large competitors in Europe and the Americas retired a huge portion of their wide-body fleet. You know, we now have about as many international wide-body aircraft as all the other US airlines combined. Uh, and so we're in we are in a unique position. Um, as we went through the pandemic, we also realized because of where our hubs are, because of our product, because of our history and experience, uniquely positioned to break into new markets, whether it's Ghana or a new service to to Amman, Jordan or Bergen, Norway. Um, And it's kind of actually been a little unnerving, but also cool that the network department sends me some ideas, sends me decks for routes that they want to fly. And in the last year, for the first time in my career, Uh, I see the three letter airport codes and I have to go Google the airport um, because Uh, (laughs) for the first time they're putting airports in that I don't know (laughs) the airport codes, uh, which has been great Um, and it's been successful. And I think it's going to be a big difference. If you're a global traveler uh, that wants to go to wants or needs to go to multiple places uh, around the globe. United is going to be uniquely positioned uh, to get you around the globe um, to all the big international destinations here in the United
0: States. United announced um, a goal of net zero emissions by 2050 without carbon offsets. And, and I've certainly read of some really bold measures that you're, you're taking. I was wondering if you could share a bit with us.
2: Yeah, so our sustainability goals, we are without question the leader in global aviation. Uh, we're one of the leading companies on real, not greenwashing, but real sustainability efforts. And there's three legs to that stool. Uh, The one that's most specific to aviation is sustainable aviation fuel. And United Airlines currently, our commitment to sustainable aviation fuel is more than twice as much as all the rest of the world's airlines combined. We are also, by the way, focused on doing that without using farm products um because that has lots of other environmental harms that's a unique point for united airlines one that i hope everyone else will ultimately come on board with uh because if we're growing corn or soybeans or palm oil to create fuel that creates all kinds of other environmental issues around the world uh second is is technology um we're the first to invest in electric aircraft and you know, that leg of the stool is going to be interesting um, but electric aircraft for example are never going to replace big airplanes flying long distance at least not in the next 50 years uh, the energy density there's just not even anything on the theoretical physics drawing board that has enough energy density to work for big airplanes flying long distance for batteries. Um, but the third and probably most important leg of what we're doing is carbon sequestration um, and this is not using what is frankly greenwashing um, and saying planting trees is how we're gonna get to net zero. And the issue with that, there's nothing wrong with planting trees, it's good. Um, There's simply not room on the planet to plant enough trees um, to make a dent in global emissions. And when almost every company, this isn't just airline, when almost every corporation is pretending to be at net zero by using carbon offsets by planting trees, um, we will never come close to getting there. Um, there, if we planted every green, every spot, every acre on the planet that could grow trees, it accounts for less than five months of mankind's emissions. And obviously we're never going to do that because we need farms to grow food, for example. But when everyone is using that tiny opportunity as the way to get to zero emissions, um, it just won't work for the globe. And this isn't unique to aviation. Though I wish and hope aviation will lead in it, um, this is about every hard to decarbonize industry. We've got to stop pretending that carbon offsets are the answer or we will not even begin to solve this problem.
1: Scott, let me do a follow-up on that because it's an interesting world that we have when airlines are able to say we are net zero because of carbon offsets. And United is saying, well, that's not good enough. We need to invest more. Towards our future, towards sustainable aviation fuel, towards carbon capture, towards new technologies to take us from point A to B. How do you, what's your recommendation for the industry as we move forward into that? Because, for example, in sustainable aviation fuel, we have a goal by the end of this decade to take us up to a percentage um, of our fuel in the United States, jet fuel in the United States. But to reach there, we're going to have to see some major technological hurdles overcome where we can take consumer waste and turn it into sustainable aviation fuel or some of the more recent studies that show that you could turn uh, plastic bottles into aviation fuel. What do you think is going to be the breakthrough ahead and how do you make United's message clear when others are saying we're net zero now?
2: Uh, I think the most important thing is honesty. and companies this isn't unique to aviation it's true in aviation but it's true in lots of companies have got to stop viewing climate change as a marketing initiative Um, if the people that are responsible for climate activities report to marketing you can almost be sure that it's a bunch of bs and it's true a lot of companies it's not just in aviation it's true in a lot of companies and when you know the, the people that have made the marketing claims so far in aviation, I'm talking about any names, that say that they're already, it's just not honest. Um, and we have to be honest or we won't ever solve this problem. Pretending that, you know, an airline has solved this today is not solved. We need significant investment in sustainable aviation fuel to make this real. We need real carbon sequestration of some sort to make this real. And pretending to say, well, let's—we're going to pay somebody a token amount of money to not cut down a forest that's never been cut down in the history of mankind. It's just a bunch of part of my language crap. Um, and if people don't stop lying about it, we'll never get it
0: fixed. Good answer. Uh, before we wrap up, um, what are you hoping to inspire other airlines to advance for for 2022 as as chairman of the Apex IFSA so, Board of Governors?
2: Well. I hope, actually, particularly on sustainability, that other airlines that this will not be a sustained competitive advantage for United. It, there's no question right now that United is the leader in global aviation on sustainability efforts. But I don't want that to be the case. You know, I used the statistic earlier that our commitment to sustainable aviation fuel is more than double all the rest of the world's airlines combined. I look forward other airlines surpassing us and then us trying to catch up with them i look forward to others doing real act you know innovative activities with sequestration um that we can then try to copy um, and and i hope that that will happen uh, similarly on safety efforts you know one of the other things that at apex if so you know we made a priority this year uh, coming out of the pandemic um, that on, on issues like vaccine requirements, that we just get everyone, it's not competitive, that we get everyone vaccinated, that we do the right thing for safety. You know, that particularly on safety and sustainability, I, they, they frankly are competitive advantages for where United is right now, but I don't want it to be. I want everyone else to do the same thing, because those are just the right things to do. Those are not areas we should be competing on. Uh, ultimately, um, because we should all be focused on doing the right thing. So I hope that in 2022, we make progress. We are making progress, I think, on those kinds of fronts. The conversation, the tone uh, is different at many airlines around the world. Everyone is not there yet, but I think the pendulum is swinging towards doing the right thing. Some places people are convinced it's the right thing to do. Uh, Sometimes they're perhaps being coerced to do the right thing. But regardless of why, the pendulum does feel like it's swinging to doing the right thing more and more.
1: Uh, I think you're having a huge influence Scott uh, Airlines are really taking this more seriously when I have airlines like Saudidia uh, sp- for example speaking of what they can do in the world of sustainability that just shows how far this is reached uh, when you have the oil producing uh, yeah. country leading oil producing country in the world saying we need to make sure sustainability is part of our DNA that yeah. just goes to show how far-reaching it is
0: that's good to hear yeah, I wish you both well on it. I think it's a, a really important time, and I think it's it's great that you're pushing that agenda. And I just want to thank you both, Joe and, and, and Scott, for coming in today. It's been really, really interesting talking with you. Um, and thank you to all our listeners, too. Uh, and we look forward to seeing many of you in person at the Apex Expo in Long Beach, California, from November 30th to December 2nd. Scott, we're very much looking forward to your keynote session. on opening day at the Apex Expo. And Joe, a very special thank you to you and the Apex team for all your efforts to make this year's expo happen. You know, connecting in person is long overdue for all of us, for the industry at large. Uh, And I know the team at Sparfax are excited to reconnect with colleagues and and partners. Uh, And finally, if you're listening and happen to be at uh, Apex Expo this year, we'd love to see you. So make sure you stop by and say hi uh, at the Sparfax stand. Thank you very much.